Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to Healthy Mama Hacks, a weekly mini podcast where I share my best tips for hacking your healthy mama life with simple tips for easier eating, cooking, and living a healthy mama life in 20-ish minutes, about the time it takes you to fold a load of laundry. So let's do this, mama. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Healthy Mama Hacks. Chris here, chef, recipe developer, culinary instructor, and busy mama. And I'm telling you all of this because I am so excited to dive into a brand new series with all of you. I love doing Healthy Mama Hacks when they are in a series and I feel like I can kind of deep dive into a topic, but in short spurts. So you still feel like these are short and actionable episodes. And in this case, episodes that you can take action on with your kids. We are diving into a Kids in the Kitchen series. This was requested by several of you. You want to know how to get our kids into the kitchen more, how to start teaching them how to cook. Maybe if you're not even that experienced in the kitchen, how do we encourage them to get in the kitchen and learn some of the cooking skills that you might not have learned growing up? And let me tell you, I was in the same boat as many of you. My mom was not a huge cook growing up. Um, She cooks a lot more now than she did when I was a kiddo. We ate a lot of processed foods just out of necessity because my mom didn't have a lot of cooking skills and she really didn't learn how to cook. And so she didn't pass a lot of that on to me either. I started learning how to cook really out of curiosity. When I was a teenager, I decided I wanted to become a vegetarian. Many of you might have heard this story before. And my parents were supportive. They were like, great, cool, if that's what you want to do, but we don't know what to cook for you. So you're basically going to have to fend for yourself. So I started learning how to cook. And this was also the time I really started falling in love with food because there are so many incredible vegetarian foods, plant-based foods, and a lot of different cuisines. There's, a, I find that there's a lot less plant-based meals that are kind of, you know, your standard American cuisine versus meals that are, you know, different Asian-inspired meals or, you know, Indian. I know India is part of Asia, but there's um, lots and lots of Mediterranean dishes that are plant-based or veggie-heavy. And so I started to learn not just how to cook, but also about different cuisines and different flavor profiles. And it was really all out of curiosity. And I think a lot of kids are naturally curious and they want to get in the kitchen. And sometimes they just need a little bit of encouragement. So what I want to share with you guys in this series 
series is really how we can start to get our kids in the kitchen. In today's episode, I want to talk to you about the benefits of getting your kids in the kitchen, when to start getting your kids in the kitchen, and how to start getting your kids in the kitchen. And remember, all of these are whether or not you have a ton of cooking experience yourself. You certainly do not need to be a chef in order to teach your kids these skills. You can learn these skills right alongside your kiddos. And then in next week's episode, I want to talk about the things that you might want to do to prepare to cook with your kids more often. Things like tools you might want to have on hand or have available for them to help you with. Uh, You don't need a lot of extra tools, spoiler alert, uh, or really any other than maybe a kid's knife. And we'll get into that. I want to talk about essential skills that I think all kids should know. So you have an idea of kind of where you might want to go when you are getting your kids in the kitchen more. And then I also want to talk about kitchen safety and how important it is to teach our kids kitchen safety. I know that this is not something many of us learn. And it was, you know, it's one of the first things we learn in culinary school and you get a lot of points taken off (laughs) if you don't comply to kitchen safety rules. But it is really important. The more comfortable kids feel in the kitchen, the more safe they feel in the kitchen, the more confident and the more open to being creative they will feel. And I think the more confident you will be in having your kids in the kitchen when you know that they know those basic safety principles as well. And then in the last two episodes in this series, we will talk about cooking skills that you can start to teach your kids or ways you can start to get your kids in the kitchen at different ages. So we'll talk about the toddler and preschool age and then school age kids and beyond and some of the skills that you can start to teach them or learn right alongside them. So let's go ahead. Let's dive in. But before I do, if you guys have any further questions or maybe you guys take some of these tips and you get your kids in the kitchen, I want to hear about them. Reach out to me over on Instagram at Healthy Mama Chris. I also encourage you to bring your kiddos to a cooking class if you ever want to join a cooking class. Hint, hint, we might have some special kids classes coming up, um, but they're always welcome in online cooking classes. You can find those over at HealthyMamaChris.com. But definitely tag me in photos of getting your kids in the kitchen. Let me know if you have any questions, I am always happy to answer them. So let's dive in to the why, the when, and the how to start getting your kids in the kitchen. All right, let's talk about the why. What are the benefits of getting your kids in the kitchen? Like I mentioned, I was not the kid who was in the kitchen from a young age. We would bake cookies with my mom around Christmas time, but that's really the only time I can remember being in the kitchen other than her having us like shuck corn or things like that um, out in the backyard in the summertime. For the most part, we were kind of out of the kitchen while she was cooking. It just wasn't something we were really a part of. But getting your kids in the kitchen has so many benefits and I don't think I realized and, you know, some of these things I'm seeing in my own kids because one of the things I wanted to do was get my kids in the kitchen really early. So both of my kids are already, even at the ages of four and eight, pretty confident being like, hey, can I help you in the kitchen? They don't always help me in the kitchen, but especially my eight-year-old, she gets pretty excited about helping me out in the kitchen. And not always, of course, she's still an (laughs) eight-year-old, but they have way more skills than I ever did. And I see that play out in different areas. So the first benefit of getting your kids in the kitchen is that it's an essential life skill. I'm so grateful for my curiosity that I was able to start learning some of those skills on 
my own in high school before I went off on my own in college. So I lived in a dorm room for the first year. And then after that, I lived in my own apartment. Well, it was really a house um, after that. And so I was only really eating from the actual dining hall for like the first year of school. So I needed to learn how to cook for myself pretty quickly. And I was working during school, but I wasn't making that much money, right? I was working at a Rite Aid. It was not like I was rolling in the dough. And so I couldn't get takeout every single night. And so having that skill of just being comfortable enough in the kitchen to make myself basic meals is really huge. And I think that just being able to send your kids off into the world with that essential skill of just knowing how to make basic foods and nourish themselves is so, so huge. Actually, this reminds me of an experience I had when I was, I want to say it was about like 10 or 11, and I went to this friend's house, and she was a new friend that I made at school, and she was really sweet, and she said her family lived on sort of a farm, and it was kind of like what you might consider like a homestead-type farm. It wasn't a farm that they produced a lot of food or anything like that, but they definitely, I think they had a nice big garden. They had chickens with eggs, and they they would also eat the chickens as well. They had some sheep. And anyway, I remember going to her house for a sleepover. I remember actually going to her house and just hanging out there for the day and having so much fun seeing all the animals. And she like showed me where they would store the chickens from their own their own chickens, um, how they would go and get the eggs. And I just thought this whole process was so fascinating. And then she invited me to sleep over. And I was so nervous because usually sleepovers were planned like way in advance. And my mom actually said yes this one time. And so I, I don't remember how I got home, but I got my stuff and we came back and we had this great sleepover. We ate some of that delicious chicken for dinner. It was like some of the best chicken I'd ever had in my life. And we woke up in the morning and we woke up before her parents woke up. And she was like, let's go make breakfast. And I was like, what? Like, what? we can do that. <laughs> so we went, we got some of their farm fresh eggs and some butter and we cooked up scrambled eggs and toast and we made breakfast for ourselves and for the rest of the family. And it was just such a foreign concept for me at the age of like 10 or 11 that I could actually do that myself. And obviously I was following her lead, but she was so comfortable in the kitchen. And that's a memory that I will never forget. It was such a beautiful house. It was such a fun experience. I think I only went over there like one other time. But I want my kids to feel that confident and to bring their their friends into the kitchen and be like, let's make eggs for breakfast. So it's an essential life skill. And being able to send your kids off with that, I think, is just so huge. It also encourages motor skills, right? So fine motor skills when they're really young, gross. Actually, it's it's always going to encourage fine and gross motor skills. But, you know, when they're really young, it's important that you are encouraging them with those fine and those gross motor skills. And so everything from being able to stir things or pull things apart, you know, pulling apart a head of lettuce, all of these things encourage those motor skills. So physically, it's also helpful for kids. Uh, Obviously, or maybe not so obviously, things, uh, especially baking, but measuring, is a form of learning math. And both of my kids will tell you, I am very certainly not a mathematician. I'm not good at math, especially in my head. But I can definitely add, subtract, divide, multiply some fractions (laughs) all the live long day, because that's what I do all day long when I'm developing recipes. And so their kids are doing math when you're teaching them how to measure. 
without even realizing they're doing math. And things like baking, when you also have to, um, oftentimes you have to weigh things and divide things up. And there's so much math just inherently involved in cooking. I fully believe that I didn't actually learn math, (laughs) basic math skills, until I learned how to cook. But your kids can learn way before I did when I went to culinary school at the age of like uh, 21. Yeah. (laughs) It also inspires creativity in your kids and confidence as well. Them being in the kitchen um, in the beginning, they're learning those basic skills. But then as they start to develop those basic skills, you can start to encourage them to be more creative, to experiment with different ingredients, to taste it and tell you if they think it needs something. My eight-year-old is not at all shy about telling me when she thinks something needs a little bit of something or it's too much of this or too little of this. She's also a super taster, which is a whole, we could do a whole other podcast on that. But she has mommy's taste buds. And so she'll tell me, mommy, that's just too sweet. Or "Mm, it needs a little bit more lemon juice. (laughs) And I love that because we all have different taste buds, right? But your kids can, they might open up your palate to new flavor profiles or, you know, new taste combinations just by, you know, them or by you encouraging them to be creative. And there's also other ways, right? Plating dishes can help them to be creative in that more uh, visual way. Lots of different ways that cooking inspires creativity. It also encourages patience. There are so many instances in the kitchen where we need to stand in front of the stove and slowly stir the risotto so that it absorbs that liquid, but it doesn't stick to the bottom and you're not putting in too much liquid so it gets mushy and there we have to wait for that cake to bake until we test it. There are so many instances and I will be the first one to tell you I am not a naturally patient person. But so much of cooking requires that patience in order to get the outcome you want. So it can definitely encourage patience in your kids. It also helps your kids to feel like important members of the family, to feel like they are a part of the process of getting meals on the table is huge because this is a necessity. We need to eat. And sure, we can grab a pizza or call for takeout. But when they are a part of this necessary process of being a family, eating meals together, it really does help them to feel like that important part of the family. So even if all they did was toss the salad and put it on the table, they were a part of that meal. And in the same vein, it also encourages them to try new foods. It has been proven time and time again with my kids and other kids that kids are so much more likely to try foods when they are involved. They want to see what they made. They want to see what they created. They want to try it out. They want to test it. Even if it's just one bite and then they're not into it. I know even my four-year-old, who is so much more selective than my eight-year-old, will try things if she has been a part of it. So it encourages kids to be a little bit less selective or at least to try new foods and maybe discover new flavors that they wouldn't have eaten otherwise because they were a part of the process. It's a great way to help them to learn to follow directions, especially if you, especially when they're a little bit older and you teach them how to read a recipe, which is a really essential skill that kids definitely need to know is how to read a a recipe. And I feel like I need to do 
an entire Healthy Mama Hacks episode on how to read a recipe because so many adults don't know how to read a recipe or the importance of reading a recipe before you start. I can't tell you how many cooking classes I've been in where I encourage them to read through the entire recipe, read all the ingredients, do the mise en place, and they're like, yeah, 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 and they go off and they're like the third step in and they haven't done their mise en place and they're like, oh no, I needed to do these things before. I'm like, that's why we got to read the recipe the whole way through. So encouraging your kids to understand that there is an order to things, right? And to learn how to follow those directions from the recipe and then from you. Especially when it comes to safety, it's important to follow directions when things might be hot. We want to avoid danger. We want to learn how to follow directions when it comes to knife skills. And we want to follow directions, though they need to follow directions, so that we get the outcome we want from that delicious meal that we're creating. And last but not least, cooking together is such a great way to connect one-on-one with your kiddos. It really is. Even if both of your kiddos are cooking at the same time with you or both of your kiddos, I have two kiddos, some of you have four or five kiddos, even if several of your kids are cooking with you, there is going to be a point during that process where you're going to need to give them that one-on-one attention. It's also a great time to kind of single out your kids in a positive way and spend that time with them doing one part of the recipe together or one part of the meal together. Maybe you have one kiddo helping you with setting the table and the other kiddo is helping you with chopping the veggies and the other kiddo is helping you with stirring this other thing. And so they can each have their own task, maybe at different times too, so you can have that little bit of one-on-one time with them. You can encourage them in their creativity. You can encourage their patience. You can teach them their those math skills. You can help Help them to feel important and maybe you even get some time to chat about their day and connect with them in that way. Ask their opinion about what you're making or how they think it's going to taste or what you they think that they should add to it, right? So it's a great way to connect one-on-one with your kiddos as well. I love cooking alongside other people as much as sometimes I think my family would say otherwise. <laughs> I do love being in the kitchen by myself and just kind of being in my zone. It's such a great way to connect with people, especially when you have that open mind and you're like, this is this is going to be a fun experience. Uh, I know that it can be hard sometimes to get your kids in the kitchen when it's a busy night and it's you've just got to get dinner on the table. And for that, I would say that's probably not the time to get your kids into the kitchen. So we'll get into how to start getting your kids into the kitchen in a couple minutes. Um, but I think the more leisurely and the more relaxed the experience can be when you get your kids into the kitchen, the more benefit that they're going to get from it. So those are some of the main benefits of getting your kids in the kitchen. Let's talk about when to start getting your kids in the kitchen. Well, my answer to this is really whenever. I don't think it's ever too early to get your kids in the kitchen, and it's certainly never too late to get your kids in the kitchen. But I tend to follow two rules of thumb. I encourage you getting your kids in the kitchen first and foremost, whenever they can safely sit or stand beside you while you're cooking. So this is basically beyond the newborn phase, right? But even in the newborn phase, you can also put them in one of those little rockers and just have them there in the kitchen with you. Are they learning kitchen skills at that point? No, it might just be a necessity at that point. Or I have definitely cooked with the ergo on when my little one was really, really young and my big kiddo was right next to me cooking alongside me. So that's absolutely possible. But in terms of actually learning alongside you, okay, this might not be 
don't come after me in terms of safety, okay? I'm always right there. So some of you are not going to like that I say this, but I'm just, this is just me and this is what I did. (laughs) This is what I did when my kids are really young. I did love having them in a safe seat on the counter next to me while I was cooking. Obviously, fingers away from anything that might be sharp, but even just, or in a high chair, right? Having them in the kitchen with you and just playing with the kitchen equipment. So obviously the safe kitchen equipment, measuring cups, measuring spoons. I know my kiddos always love using like the wooden spoons and and banging on like the Tupperware containers, things like that. Something where they feel like they're involved in it. It just helps them to, I guess, get a little bit more experience and just start some understanding of some of the types of tools that you use in the kitchen. Is that going to carry into them being world-class chefs? Just that in and of itself? No, probably not. Not that your kids have to be world-class chefs, but it just gets them more comfortable in the kitchen. I think comfort is one of the first things that kids need to feel to feel confident in the kitchen, right? They need to feel comfortable and then they can start to gain that confidence. So just get them comfortable in the kitchen. So whenever they can safely sit or stand beside you, and there are these... Um, Um, Those really awesome learning towers. I know they can be quite expensive. I've seen people make their own homemade versions as well. We are not that kind of handy family around here. So we just used a stool and our kids would stand next to us and they still do. The little, the littlest one is still, she's, she's got mommy's jeans. She's not very tall. And so they still stand on stools next to us, you know, be as safe as possible. Make sure they understand that like there's no back to the stools. So don't back up and things like that. But I think as Soon as you can get them in the kitchen, even just sitting there alongside you, the better. And in the same vein, it's never too late. It doesn't matter if your kiddo is 17 and about to leave the house next year, get them in the kitchen. Actually, if they're 17 and they've never been in the kitchen alongside you, definitely get them in the kitchen because they're going to go off to college and you want them to be able to know how to boil a pot of pasta. I will tell you that when I was in college, we, in my dorm room, there was like a little community kitchen down in the basement that we could use from time to time. And I, I can only remember one instance where we actually used it. We decided to do like a Friendsgiving type thing, my roommate and some friends that we had down the hall. And we all decided to make a dish. And it was so funny to see the different people and like which which one of these college kids were like, how do you boil water? And I'm not even kidding you. And which ones were like whipping up a gourmet side and like, oh, yeah, you know, I've been cooking with my family for years. There's a huge spectrum. So you want your kids somewhere in the middle, right? <laughs> so I think that whenever when it's never too early, it's never too late. Whenever whenever you feel comfortable, okay, that is the second tip, right? The second rule of thumb. Number one, it's never too early. It's never too late. Whenever they can safely sit or stand next to you, And the second rule of thumb is whenever you feel comfortable, whenever you're ready getting them in the kitchen. But I do encourage you sooner rather than later, okay? Because like we'll go into when I talk about um, cooking for different or cooking skills for different age levels, there are different skills that you can give them depending on how old they are that are safe and that will help them to learn that cooking knowledge beyond just the playing with the measuring spoons or banging on the Tupperware containers, right? So whenever you feel ready to get them in the kitchen, get them in the kitchen, and then you can slowly progress together in those areas, in the areas that we're going to talk about. So that leads me into how to start. And I'm going to keep this pretty short and sweet because this is supposed to be a Healthy Mama Hacks episode and realistically, I could have made this like a 10-part series, but we're sticking with a four-part series. And if you guys want me to dig in deeper in any of these areas, I will. I likely will in the future. But 
the first thing I kind of already shared, right? The first place to start is just by handing them a safe kitchen utensil. Okay, so give them a spoon. Give them a wooden spoon, a silicone spatula, some measuring cups. Just get them used to it. And then maybe ask to borrow it, right? So give them the spatula that you're going to use to stir the batter in just a minute and say, can you hold on to this for me? Can you be my big helper and hold on to this for me, even if they aren't old enough to to actually like answer you back you hand that to them and yes i guess if they're young they they might get upset if you take it away but then you just give them something else instead right you do the, the magic trade and so and then you take it from them and you can explain to them what you're doing and they feel like they've done something to help right they handed you the spatula that you needed to stir that brownie batter so they did that right alongside you and so even just those little things encourages that comfortability and that confidence. And so give them a spoon, give them a kitchen utensil, ask them to borrow it and let them see you using it. Modeling is the best way to get them more interested in being in the kitchen and also having them in the kitchen. If they're never allowed in the kitchen when you're in the kitchen, and I won't lie, my kids aren't allowed in the kitchen when I'm doing anything complicated, when I'm testing recipes, they're not 100% of the time always allowed in the kitchen with me because it's not always safe. We'll talk about kitchen safety in next episode. But I do, you know, just having them in the kitchen with you more, feeling like they're a part of it is the first and best place to start. The second place to start is to let them play. Remember that kids from a very young age learn through play. So this is where sometimes we need to let go of that part of ourselves. For some of us, it might be a bigger part than others that feels a little bit like a control freak and let them play. Let them play with food a little bit. They will become more comfortable with the food if they play with food a little bit. Even if it's just giving them some peas to squish, maybe they're like um, obviously cooled down, but like boiled frozen peas that they can squish and play with and feel that texture while you're doing something completely different in the kitchen. Or maybe you are going to be using those peas. Maybe you're going to make my cauliflower crust shepherd's pie, which is one of my kids' favorite meals, and we use frozen peas in there. So maybe you take some. um, You can either put them in the microwave or you can boil them in a little bit of water just until they're soft, make sure they're cool, and give them to your kiddo just to play with, just to squish around. Maybe you give them a measuring cup so they can start taking some of them and measuring them. Or maybe you give them the frozen peas if they're not, if the cold isn't too much for them, and ask them to take those frozen peas from the bag and put them into the measuring cup and hand them to you. It feels like a game or how many peas can you fit into the measuring cup? You can make it a game. You can make it playful. Cooking doesn't have to be so serious. I don't think it should be for adults either. I get a little bit more serious when I'm testing recipes, but it's still fun and I always want cooking to feel fun. The reason that I left the culinary world for a number of years is because it didn't feel fun anymore. It felt like a chore and I wanted to fall in love with food again. When you allow yourself to fall in love with food and enjoy the cooking process as much as possible, save for those busy weeknights. I totally get it. But the more you do that, the less stressful cooking feels, the more creative you'll feel, and the more your kids will feel welcome in the kitchen, welcome to be creative, welcome to be a part of that process. So number one, just give them a spoon, give them a kitchen utensil, and just get them to be a part of it. Let them, um, you know, borrow it from you, or sorry, have you borrow it from them. Number two, let them play. 
Number three, lower your expectations, no matter how old they are. If they're 17 and getting ready to go off of co- off to college, but you have always cooked every single one of their meals and they've never spent any time in the kitchen, they're basically a three-year-old in the kitchen. Are they going to have better fine and gross motor skills than your three-year-old? Likely, but <laughs> very likely. But that doesn't mean they know how to hold a knife any better than your three-year-old. So it doesn't matter how old they are. It's all about skill level. So lower your expectations. Remember that they are new at this. Remember that just like babies are new at learning everything in the world, you don't expect them just to get up one day and be able to run, right? They have to learn how to scoot around like the little inchworm. Then they have to learn how to crawl. And then they have to learn how to stand. And then they take their first few steps. And eventually, they're running all over the place. But the same thing with cooking. Don't expect your kiddos to run right away. Expect them to army crawl. Or maybe just learn how to roll from front to back (laughs) or back to front, whichever one they do first. I can't remember. I'm a little removed from that. And just lower your expectations. Remember they're new. This is a great time for you to practice your patience too, as much as it can be hard. But just as the lower those expectations are, I promise you, your kids will very likely impress you. My next tip in how to start is to teach when they seem curious instead of forcing them in the kitchen. Invite them into the kitchen. Or when they're asking you things about food that you're cooking, invite them in to do something, even if it's just measuring something or stirring something. Again, we'll get into some of the things your kids can do at different ages in a couple weeks. But teach them when they seem curious. Don't force them. Come in the kitchen and do this thing with me. They're going to be more resistant if you're forcing them to do it like a chore. Eventually, as they get older, if they are confident with those skills, then maybe, you know, maybe something like washing the lettuce is something that can be part of their chores if that's something you so choose to do. But you, if you want your kids in the kitchen, I think the best way to get them in the kitchen is to allow them to have that curiosity and respond to it and invite them in the kitchen instead of forcing them in the kitchen. And last but not least, when it comes to how to start cooking in the kitchen with your kids is to give them a very small task. Okay, start with these smallest tasks that makes them feel involved. So I said, you know, from the very beginning, you give them the spoon, you give them the measuring cup, whatever. But once you, they are next to you and they are able to cook alongside you, give them something that makes them feel like they are putting something in into the dish. So give them something where that measuring cup, they pour it into, they pour the chocolate chips into the batter. Apparently we're making brownies or those peas into the, you know, you hold them very carefully, have them pour those peas into the meat or the lentils for that shepherd's pie. You Something that makes them feel involved so they can see that their effort contributed to the outcome, so contributed to that meal, to that snack, to that dessert, that is going to give them that confidence. So give them a very small task that makes them feel involved, whether it is peeling or chopping or slicing or moving from one bowl to the other or mixing, have them be a part of it. Even if it's the smallest task, get them in there, okay? And last but not least, One last very important essential piece of advice I have for you is to expect the mess, okay? There will be a mess when your kids cook with you. There's a mess when I cook most of the time. I'm not a clean chef. Ask my parents. I cook out of their kitchen a couple times a week. <laughs> I've never I've never been a clean cook. But my kids are even messier than I am because they're kids and cooking gets messy sometimes. 
So instead of, remember, we're, we're releasing that inner control freak, we are cooking at a time where we can feel with our kids at a time where we can feel a little bit more calm and relaxed. Expect the mess. Keep lots of paper towels on hand. This is not the time to worry about your paper consumption. And baby wipes are your best friend. (laughs) Or washcloths. Those work really well as well. But expect the mess. Know it's going to be messy. Know your kids are going to unexpectedly stick both of their hands in the brownie batter and laugh hysterically. And just, (laughs) you might be annoyed at first, but laugh along with them. It's part of the process. Remember, kids are through play. Everything is play for kids. So there's going to be a mess. <laughs> my kiddo, oh my gosh, I did this fun Instagram reel with her where, what did we make together? I can't even, oh, cookies. We made cookies and you can't see it on the reel, but she um, was using a fork to stir the flour and all of a sudden she stirred too hard and it went poof. <laughs> it was all over her. And she like stopped and looked up at me and I just laughed because it was she was covered in flour. It looked like a movie. I kind of wished that we was over. It was an overhead shot. I wish we we had a camera going the other way. And we just giggled and laughed. We're like, you know what? It's okay. It's just a little bit of flour. It's not the end of the world. So expect the mess. Keep lots of paper towels and baby wipes on hand and have fun with this. Have fun with this process, especially if you are still learning how to cook and you're cooking alongside your kids. Have fun with this process. Remember, there are so many benefits to getting your kids in the kitchen. It's never too early and it's never too late to get your kids in the kitchen. So start when they can safely sit or stand beside you. Start when you are ready, but sooner rather than later if you can. And just get them in the kitchen, get them involved, and give them tasks that make them feel involved. I hope you found this helpful, friend. I am so excited to share this whole series with all of you and some of the fun things we have coming up in the Healthy Mama Chris world next month. So stay tuned uh, for next week's episode where we talk about things you might want to prepare to do um, as you are beginning to cook alongside your kids or your kids are learning to cook alongside you. Don't forget to find me over on Instagram at Healthy Mama Chris. I want to see you and your kids cooking together in the kitchen. Reach out with any questions. That is the easiest place to get in touch with me. You can also send me an email as well, but I respond to DMs regularly. I would love to chat with you. I would love to see you cooking alongside your kids in the kitchen and definitely reach out. Let me know which of these tips was most helpful for you and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.